Hello, beautiful people. Welcome to the Ingle Angle. You know who I am. No need for introduction. I am Fort Worth Star Telegram sports columnist Mac Ingle. Won a ton of awards. I can't even name them all. There's so many. Uh, before I introduce my guest for this episode, I want to talk a little bit about Taylor Swift. I am a Swifty. Honest to God. I, I love Taylor Swift. Uh, one of the most memorable nights of my life was taking my then seven-year-old daughter to see Taylor Swift uh, at her concert at AT&T Stadium in Arlington, Texas. That was back in 2015. And I had the best time. My daughter and I got Taylor Swift t-shirts and it was just one of the most magical nights I've ever had because I, I didn't really expect it. And the show was magnificent. Swift is an amazing entertainer and my daughter had a blast. Not really a big fan of Taylor Swift using all of her anger at her ex-boyfriends for new material. I feel like you know there, there are two sides to this story, and I think Jake Gyllenhaal should have, like, have his space to tell what's going on. Maybe not in song necessarily, but maybe a blog or something. But love is art. Art is often hurt, and we all need to make a living. I get it. What I don't get is her new album. Midnights. I liked it. Didn't love it. I didn't love it because it's missing, it's missing like one, two, or maybe even three songs that make Taylor Swift Tay Tay. Where's the pop? Where's the sugar? Where's the fun? Where's the junk? Where is something that I can work out to? Where's the bad blood? Now, I don't want her to just like rely on her formula from her previous giant hits. I don't need Shake It Off Part 2, although I'd probably listen to it. But I do need something just a little upbeat, something fun, something where I don't have to ask myself, is, is she still mad at Jake Gyllenhaal? Still? That was like years ago. Taylor didn't let me down with Midnight's. She didn't pick me up. I expect a little pick-me-up from Taylor Swift. Speaking of pick-me-up, I have no good cheesy, cheery transition to introduce my guest for this episode, other than to say he's a badass in real life and on screen. Uh, you've probably seen his work, and because he does his job as well as he does, you have no idea that you've even seen him. He's a former mixed martial arts professional, back when MMA really wasn't much of a thing, and long before the days of UFC and Dana White and all those guys. This guy worked his way into Hollywood where he carved out a career in the world of stunts. He's a body double and a real life Hollywood stuntman. His credits include The Tomb, G.I. Joe Retaliation, Argo, Bullet to the Head, Walking Tall, The Protector, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, Ant-Man, and has most recently worked with Sylvester Stallone in the movie Samaritan and the new Paramount series Tulsa King. He's currently working with Tom Hardy for a series titled The Game. My guest graduated to the world as a stunt coordinator currently. He's a husband and a dad and a man who could beat your ass. Please welcome Mr. Freddie Poole. 
Would you call yourself a professional stuntman, Freddie, or stunt coordinator, or which one? Well, both. I mean, you, both. you yeah, I mean, a professional stuntman. I still perform stunts, just not as often anymore. Um, you know, sort of the trajectory of my career, my career path has taken me into coordinating. Uh, and then the next step is you know, second unit directing, which I've started to do that. So that's kind of where I'm at in my career. So I, you know, fortunately get to pick and choose which jobs I want to uh, to take um, when it comes to performing. Uh, just because, again, I've been coordinating for quite some time. So, but so have still, you seen the movie? Uh, I mean, you're you're is my age, so you're probably familiar with it. Have you seen Hooper? Of course. How accurate yeah. is it? Yeah, I mean, it's I'd say it's pretty accurate. Hooper's in a dangerous business, but his reward is excitement, adventure, and a fortune if he lives to collect it. Burt Reynolds is Hooper, the greatest stuntman. Is it basically. really? Well, I mean, it's, you know, Hal Needham is, is that's one of the legends in our industry. So, uh, you know, it's basically based on his life. So I always tell every aspiring stuntman, you know, have you seen Hooper? And if they look at me, you know, with this sort of puzzled look, you know, it's okay. I know you're, you're young and up and coming, but just go watch it. So, well, Hal Needham was, you're right. He was a legend, not just a stuntman legend, but a Hollywood legend. And I yeah. know he really put his body through the ringer. So you look at some of these guys and the, the, you've done it, the, the dangers and the risks that you take. Is it any safer today than it was back then to make well, sure that your body isn't just trash by the time you're 60? I think, you know, just like with anything else, as time goes on, technology improves. So absolutely, you know, some of the, the rigging systems and things of that nature and um, you know, how we prep vehicles for crashes and stuff like that. I think there's definitely some, some improvements. I mean, those guys back then, they were like old cowboys, right? They were just do anything, you know, at the drop of a dime where, you know, nowadays it's more or less, there's a, a lot of prep that, that goes into, or that's, you know, a lot of prep is involved when it comes to performing the stunts, depending on how big the stunt is or what you're doing. So yeah, the, the safety aspect is something we certainly don't take for granted because, you know, we do take what we call calculated risks. So, you know, if my familiarity with your bio, you were a mixed martial arts guy for a while, right? Martial arts guy, you know, that's, that's probably my what I identify with the most. You know, I more so than I, more so than stunt work. Well, just because I've been a martial artist since I was seven years old. Oh, okay. So it's been a huge part of my life. Every uh, aspect of my life, I, I should say, is connected to martial arts. It any success I've had in anything is related to martial arts, including the movie business. So that's how it got in. That was what I was going to ask you. How do yeah, how I was, people have an idea how to become a doctor? How, how, how do you even become an actor? Maybe even a director, but a stuntman. What's what's the point of entry for that, Freddie? Well, <clears throat> a little bit of luck, a little bit of who you know. Uh, but at the same time, you obviously need to possess some sort of skills, you know, to be able to perform. And uh, being a martial artist was, that was my skill set. That's what got my foot in the door. Um it was one of those things where I didn't realize kind of which direction I was going to go into, you know, because when you think about movies, the first thing you think about is, oh, acting. Right. That's the first thing. Right. So 
thought, oh, maybe I'll be an actor. And, you know, at that point, I was a college dropout and sitting in my parents' kitchen. And they're like, excuse me? What? Is that what so, you said? Hey, mom, dad, I think I'm going to be an actor. Not necessarily quite. Well, <laughs> even in less words. So I they, I, I said, I'm, I'm dropping out of school. And they just kind of looked at me and said, well, what are you going to do? And I said, I don't know. Movies? Ooh. And that was it. I left like that. And the look on my parents, I don't know if it was disappointment, anger. I mean, there, there's so many probably emotions that they're going through. Uh, you know, How old were you? 20. So they're looking at their 20-year-old son who's going to be a college dropout with the prospect that maybe he's going to be that. They're going to be those parents with their son who's 30 years old and living upstairs. Pretty much. I think that that probably was going through their minds. And you know, education is a big thing in my in my family, my extended family. I mean, we're very proud. You know, my, my parents are first. I'm first generation. So my parents immigrated here. Um, from where? Uh, my parents immigrated from Iran. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, Pre-revolution. Pre-revolution. And, you know, they came here in the early 70s. Um, so my dad could finish up his studies. And then I was born. Um, and they had every intention of going back. That was the... Oh, did that they really? That was the deal my dad made with my mom. My mom did not want to leave home. Oh. And he said, look, come with me. I'll get my degree. We'll come back home. Right. So they they came up in a certain, uh, you know, under the Shah's regime, regime, which was a certain lifestyle, a certain way. And then 79 happened. My brother was born. And then everything that, that went on over, you know, over there in the late, late 70s, early 80s, they're like, we can't go back. There's no way with, with two boys. Yeah. And then the Iran-Iraq war started and that was an eight year deal. And, you know, half my cousins were fighting in that war. Wow. But yeah, so they, they just said, nope, we're, we're going to have to stay put because of these two kiddos. And uh, but education was a big, big thing because growing up, it's always even still today. You know, my mom will talk about one of my cousins and she's a doctor, you know, or this cousin is a is an engineer and that kind of thing. So much to their disappointment. Yeah. 20 year old college dropout. I'm sure just blew their, blew their minds. <laughs> uh, so what, you know, you, you go into mixed martial arts and then you say it's by luck. You clearly met somebody in Hollywood or associated with the film industry and said, Hey, why don't you give this a shot? I did. Um, in order to make a living, I started teaching martial arts. Um, because the fight, the fight game does not <laughs> very, especially back then. Yeah, there was no UFC back then, was there? There's no UFC. There's no, you know, you can get some some kickboxing fights. The the circuits, the fight circuits are not like they are today. Well, there were nothing. It was like ESPN at ten o'clock, and exactly, you can pay a couple hundred dollars a fight. Exactly, that's what it was. Yeah, you get a few, you know, three hundred bucks a round. Three hundred dollars a round. So for three rounds, were you paying a trainer too? Oh, I mean, you pay for everything. You you have trainers, you have food. I mean, it's it you know you're you're it, it it's a negative uh, balance in your your bank account for sure. So, so you weren't making any money on being no, a professional fighter no, at the time. No, no, no. And at that time, I was an amateur as well, so okay. I wasn't even pro. So it was, uh, um, yeah. I fought on the U.S. team in Europe, you know, in the amateur world championships, and um, again, these are great experiences, right. but definitely it wasn't. The way that I was making my living, so I was 
teaching martial arts. I was training people and the, the gym that I happened to work at, work out at and work at, um, there was a director that worked, that was working out there. And probably for a year, I avoided him besides a hello. And that was it. That was you know it. who he was? Oh, yeah, I knew who he was. Oh. Um, I mean, he'd been directing for years. And and a lot of the other guys in, in the gym kept telling him, hey, you need to go. You need to check this kid out. You need to check him out. He, he, he can throw kicks straight up in the air and he can do spinning kicks and all this kind of stuff. And and. I just didn't approach it because in my head, I'm like, he's older. He's been around the block. He's seen everything. What do I have that's going to impress him? What do I have that he hasn't already seen? Um, and I was sending just random mailers out to different productions in California. And of course, getting zero response. Um, I did. You're a, writing letters. Oh, yeah. I would write letters and, and put pictures and headshots and martial arts photos, you know, flying kicks and all this stuff to different productions and, and obviously you know they probably get it look at it and toss it in the trash right <laughs> um so one day i just mustered up the courage and he was on the treadmill and i remember this like yesterday and his name is michael and i said michael uh how you doing today and he goes hey how are you and i said can i ask you a question who's who's the casting director in, at your in the office there and he said why <laughs> and he kind of has a stern look yes exactly yeah he's like why <laughs> And I said, well, I'd like to send my information. And he hit, there was a pause, you know, one of those dead pauses. You're like, you don't know which way this is going to go. Yeah. And he goes, bring it to me tomorrow. Oh. And I said, okay. And and at the time, I had- Wait, wait a minute. Fred, go back. Where were you in this? Were you this in California? Is, this is in Dallas. It was in Dallas. Okay. Yeah, there was a TV show, a small TV show called Walker, Texas Ranger. <laughs> absolutely that okay. was shooting and he was one of the directors on the show so um i i i brought a headshot and a pretty much a blank resume it had my stats here's my name height weight here are some skills that i have and that's it i had no not one single credit so he took that headshot and resume and he turned it into the stunt coordinator on Walker, Texas Ranger. And probably a week or two later, I got a call from the stunt assistant in the office asking about my availability. And I was, I mean, ecstatic. I mean, Chuck Norris is the reason why I started martial arts. Is he really? My dad used to take me to Chuck Norris movies in the late seventies. And so now you're working on I've a TV show in Dallas. For oh, yeah. I was like, I met him when I was nine years old at a world title fight. One of my instructors was fighting in, he was the guest of honor. I still have a dollar bill that Chuck Norris signed for me. <laughs> That's great. So here I am working with one of, you know, my idols, 21 years old. And, um, his son was actually the, the stunt coordinator. Eric and Eric is is a guy one of the guys and there was you know I give credit to three or four guys on that show that kind of took me under their wing and and helped me out you know and sort of give me gave me some guidance even to this day um you know but they I credit them with the start of my career you're you're in a really weird industry in the sense that it's 
if you're on camera, you want to be known, right? You're like, I'm an actor or I'm yeah. the director. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of self-promotion and a lot of, uh, it's, it's an egocentric thing. And then there's a lot of gratification from it. But your part of it is all about making sure we don't know who you are or the fact that you were even participating in that particular shot or sequence. Right. Maybe the most memorable sequence of a movie. You can you think about Jason Bourne movies or Raiders of the Lost Ark, and you're like, wow, it's an amazing thing. And it wasn't even really him doing it. It was you. Right. right. Is it a difficult trade at all, Freddie? <clears throat> you know, I, I don't mind it because, you know, I know I can go out with my family. I can go anywhere and not be, um, I hate to use the word bothered, but, uh, you know, because I got a small taste of this when, you know, I, I spoke with my ex-wife when, when we were together, even, even sort of the smaller on a smaller scale, we would go out in public and, you know, she'd get approached and, the, you know, those kind of, can I take a picture? I just want to say hello or that kind of thing. And on a much larger scale, I see it all the time uh, here because I've gotten to be very close uh, with Tom Hardy on the current project I'm on. We, we're training partner. We work out together. He loves jujitsu. So we get, you know, we do some yeah. jujitsu. Um, but, you know, we go out to eat dinner and it's one of those things where, and I've experienced this with other uh, friends of mine that are actors and, and, I've, and I've just been with them and seen you know, even paparazzi out in Los Angeles. And that blows, that blew me away the first time I was ever exposed to that. Um, so for me, I, it's okay. I don't mind that I can walk out and go to the gym or go to the store and I'm not bombarded by people. It doesn't bother me. I, I like it. You know, uh, it's one of those things where I just uh, prefer it to be, that way now i would like to be recognized for some of my work but that's for work purposes you know on a professional level but um yeah it, it, it's a tough trade i think for some guys you know i think a lot of people do sort of fall into my industry by way of well i want to be an actor i want the fortune and fame You're right and then they realize how tough of a road that is it's extremely it's extremely difficult so much harder even than I, I would say than than trying to be a stuntman. So I think that uh, they kind of fall into it a little. You know, I will be an actor. Again, I even said that in the beginning just because I didn't know anything beyond being an actor. So um, it, it's a little bit of a, uh, I think, a challenge for some people because then there are two very distinct different industries, acting and stunts, they're connected, but then they're not the same thing. The process to get there is different. And at the same time, once you are doing stunts, like you said, if you're a stunt double, your job is to make your actor, you know, and the character that they're portraying, that you're also portraying, you know, look as best they can uh, on screen. So like I said, but the trade-off for me is I, I'm okay. I don't, I don't have to be on the cover of Esquire magazine or or any of that. I don't. That doesn't bother me. So I was looking at your credits, and I think uh, I think you might have mentioned this on social media recently. You were doing some projects with Sylvester Stallone, yeah, uh, Samaritan and Tulsa King. It's a yeah. seventy six year old man, and he looks great. Obviously, still works out a lot, and he trains a lot. But seventy six is seventy six, right? When he's doing action sequence, Freddie, how many of those is he still able to to do? So it depends on the sequence. Um, 
which is why I'm there. You know, th this last job, Tulsa King, that we did, I spent six months with him in, in Oklahoma or five months. And I mean, he's Sylvester Stallone. Again, another childhood idol. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah, I, yeah. Rocky and Rambo and yeah, sure. Carter. I mean, we could go on and on. So, what I've learned with 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 Stallone is that it's all based on kind of how he feels that day. That day. That day. There there have been times when, at the head of the day, he walks right over to me and he goes, "You're you're doing this today." And then there have been times where he doesn't say that, and he gets in there and he does a few things. And you know, my job again as a, as a stunt coordinator is to oversee the action, make sure it's safe, which also means making sure our cast is safe. So there've been times when I've stepped in and said, that's your last one. Why is that? Well, because he'll go at, you know, some actors just, they're hundred percent and that's what Sylvester Stallone is. You know, he, he puts everything into what he's doing. Oh, okay. So physically, you know, there are times when I am protecting him and protecting our production at the same time. Because if we lose our number one, then we're shut down. I mean, case in point, Tom Cruise, I don't know how many years ago in Mission Impossible. Right, uh, when he broke his foot. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, production was shut down. That, that, that cost a lot of money. It cost a lot of people because they're out of work now. They have to go find other work. So it's one of those things that, you know, we, we definitely take... Um, precautionary measures and i look at the action and say okay you know what are we how many beats is this going to be how many how beats many how many beats uh, how many so when i say beats that means you know let, let's say if i say there's a 10 beat fight that means there's 10 moments of action you know could be a combination of punch kick elbow throw so the each one of those is a beat how many times do i want him to do that you know, he might just do it one time and say, I'm done. Well, they listen to you. I mean, if they're, if they're the alpha on set, even if they're bigger, the director, and you come up to him and say, this is not a good idea. You shouldn't do this. Well, they say, okay, this guy's the pro. He's the expert. I'm not doing it. Or they say, nope, sorry. I'm doing what I want. That, that That's a good question. I think that that depends on the individual. Um, I think I have enough. Yeah, I've been, I've, I've worked with Sly now. The, if you call him Sly, that means if you get to call him Sly, that means you've you moved know, up. yeah, you've moved up and he knows you. So, um, I mean, he saved in my phone as Sly. So don't want to lose that phone. Don't want to lose the phone. Exactly. <laughs> um, I think there's enough there where, you know, I come in and say, Hey, Sly, that's, that's it. We don't need it. We don't need to do it anymore. And sometimes he wants to do it again. And, and I say, well, we have it. We have other things we can shoot, you know, so, um, but again, it's, I gauge it, you know, for whatever reason I've, I've, I've done, I'm somewhat decent at reading people. So I can read him well enough to say, okay, you know what? I can let him do it one more time. When you take me through the process of doing a stunt, Freddie, do you guys write it out? Cause I've read scripts. I've read Stallone scripts and I, I read sometimes that the, the language is very specific, right hand to the face. Guy right. turns, throws the person over his shoulder, whatever. Do you write that out or do you storyboard it still in terms of drawings so the director and the actors 
know exactly what physical moves are going to be required in that shot. So that's a case that, that that's a case by case basis. And what I mean by that is depends on the writing. If we have a writer that, you know, and sometimes directors slash writer, you know, like the, the, the current show I'm on, our director wrote our script. So he's very specific. He writes it all out. Is that better that way? Um, yes and no. If they have a knack for writing action, yes. Okay. If they don't, it it just exactly. I read it and go, that actually doesn't work. Okay. You know? So we story. Oh, so we'll, find, well, they write things sometimes. I'm like, this is ridiculous. No human being can. This is implausible. Yeah, yeah. It's not that they're. We can't do it. It's just that the flow doesn't work. Oh, okay. You know, the, the the action beats themselves in the in the process of, and they don't flow. So, what we do nowadays as a stunt team is we shoot uh, pre visualizations, the previs, where we take the action that's written on the page and we actually shoot it. We have cameras. There's editing. We put sound effects in there. We can put VFX in there, and we shoot the fight scene. So we we use it as a reference to present to the director, to present to cast. Um, and the director will make notes and say, hey, I like this, or I like that, or I want to change this. Uh, but it really just depends on the writing. And some writers are, are great. They write action, and I can go, this is great. I can just go beat by beat what's on the page and put it to life on the screen. No problem. Let's shoot it. Here's the choreography. Let's, let's rehearse. Uh, and then there were other times where, again, like I just spoke of, where it's not that great and we kind of have to veer from what's on the page and kind of show them the action. Um, I, my approach is, is, you know, when it comes to, to action is, is we're, we're, we're still telling a story. You know, as a director, as an actor, you're taking the words that are on the page and bringing them to life, right? So same thing. We're taking the action on the page that's written on the page and bringing it to life and we're just instead of doing it with words we're doing it with kicks punches throws cars you know fire so it's very much a story the, the storytelling aspect um in what we you know is a big part of what we do so I, i've seen interviews with sylvester stallone where he talked about filming the rocky movies and it's almost a rite of passage that when you make the Rocky movie, and I imagine you could branch this out to any action sequence where it doesn't matter how much you choreograph it, doesn't matter how much you rehearse it, something is going to happen where you get hit. But it just, it's gonna happen. You can't miss it. And you know, he talked about it with, I think one of the Creed movies where Michael B. Jordan really got clocked, almost yeah. knocked him out, really got yeah. clocked. Yeah. When all your film and stunts with you, not not with somebody, but you, did you that ever happen to you? Where you're like, oh, where you twisted an ankle, got punched in the face, concussion, anything like that? Oh yeah, I did a, uh, um, I did Sons of Anarchy, the TV show, did quite oh, a few okay. episodes of that, and uh, so I remember during a, a couple of fight rehearsals, it's a big brawl with the, you know, Charlie Hunnam and and all the guys, and after one of the rehearsals. I walked over to the stunt coordinator and I said, I, I think, I kind of feel like he's going to punch me in the face. <laughs> and the stunt coordinator is a great friend, dear friend of mine. He just looks at me and goes, that was his response. And I said, okay. So I've kind of prepared myself for that. 
Um, but accidents happen. You know, we're taught, you know, to cheat our punches and our techniques or whatever it is that we're doing. You know, if we stack it correctly, then camera can't read depth. Right. So it, it, it's there's a whole approach to, you know, performing that we take in order to do it safely to make it look real. So we, you know, we combine the the beat with the reaction of the other guy who's getting hit and you know you marry those two and then you know it looks like someone got punched in the face but yeah it's there are always risks um especially as you start getting into multiple takes yeah i yeah. that was gonna that led me to another question where you yeah. felt like we got it there there's a winner we're done and the director says nope go again yeah so this right there um I broke my collarbone because we went again. Uh, you know, um, Jason Statham has put, uh, I've had staples in my head from getting stabbed in the head, you know, by a prop knife from Jason Statham. So accidents, you know, happen. I, I, I've seen it unfortunately happen to some of my friends. I've experienced it, you know, myself. Um, we, we take every, again, precautionary measure that we can uh, in, in the preparation of a stunt to make it as safe as possible. But, you know, it, it's it's not a matter of if, it's it's when. So you when know? you watch television series or a movie, have you seen, Freddie, any stunt sequence that you come away with and says, holy God, that was amazing? Yeah, I mean, you know, quite a bit of, they're, which ones did, that left you impressed? Well, I love the John Wick yeah. movies, John Wick series. I mean, you know what? What Chad Stahelski and I and I explain this because when that movie came out, every production after that, like you know, we. We love the way John Wick and the, the way they did things on that movie. And I said, do you know how long, uh, you know, director Chad Stahelski, who was a stuntman, he started out as a stuntman, stunt double, second unit director. Now he's a big director. It's your um, path. I don't know if I'll get to his level. Okay, but still, there's but some one can there. One can always aspire. Okay, right? yeah, right. Um, and, but listen, I ha I've had a lot of my friends and peers and, and that are now sitting in director's chairs. So it, it's, and again, I'm, I'm a second unit director. So I'm, I've done that. I'll continue to do that, you know, but to make the leap from second unit to first remain unit, we'll see, you know, that's another level. So again, uh, never say never. Uh, I, I won't turn it down if the opportunity comes my way. Let's just say that. But, uh, but what Keanu Reeves did is he put so much into his training. He was, doing martial arts, you know, the judo and jujitsu. He was training weapons with all the gunplay and the two and the three gun and the reloads and all that driving, you know, so all that prep and time he put into preparation, that's the key. If you are given the time, then you can literally transform someone into whatever you want if they have the you know put forth the effort and have the will to do it and you have the time to, to teach them so i've seen it um with charlie theron when she did atomic blonde yeah. i was in the gym 
in Los Angeles when she was training and prep, uh, prepping for Atomic Blonde. I've Jason Momoa. I've been in the gym in Los Angeles when he's prepping for Aquaman. Um, so it's and it and it's for me. I I I love seeing them in that element because it really you know these are human beings. I know they're big stars, but you get to see them in a different element that, you know, there, there's no glitz, there's no gra gl glamour. It's, they're working out just like you and I would work out at the gym or, you know, whatever. So it, it's, and I think that's why I've enjoyed my time with Tom Hardy. We don't talk about set that much. You know, we talk about other things. We talk about life. So, you know, you get to really know someone, you get to know and understand someone on a, on a human level. You know, he's not Tom Hardy on the red carpet. He's he's Tom Hardy trying to catch his breath from this crazy circuit we just did, you know, that that I'm doing the same thing, you know. So um he's Tom Hardy rolling on the mats, trying yeah, to there was a viral clip of him recently in a in a competition with like yeah. just a bunch of randoms. Yeah. Is that pretty yeah, typical yeah. for him? It is. It is. I mean, I, you know, he, he, he loves the sport. I think he's great for the sport. He would be a, a phenomenal ambassador for the, for the yeah. sport of jiu-jitsu because again, I've been around it for so long. Um, but that's what really connected us in the beginning uh, here on this show that, that we're on is, you know, our director mentioned to him that our stunt coordinator is a jiu-jitsu black belt. And then as soon as he met me, that was, it was literally, hi, how are you? And then you're the black belt? And I said, yes. And, you know, instant connection there. So That's neat. Um, again, like I said earlier on, martial arts has been, you know, my lifeline. You know, it's, it's one of those things that, that um, is very much my identity and, and will always be a part of me. So, so you're a college dropout with uh, Iranian ties, Iranian heritage. Yes. Yeah. And if I read correctly, you worked uh, on the movie Argo. Is that right? I did. I did. So that had to mean a lot to your parents. Well, crazy story. I was at lunch in Dallas, just having lunch with a friend. And I get a phone call. My friend calls me from LA and he says, I need you to send me a photo right now. Like click. Said, yeah, exactly. He okay. said, take a picture of yourself and send it to me. And he said, try to look angry, mean. I said, okay. I said, what's going on? He said, I've put 25 pictures in front of our director. He didn't mention who the director was. Didn't mention the show. Didn't mention the, the context, nothing. He said, I've put 25 pictures in front of our director. And he said, no. So I said, okay, give me, give me five minutes. I look at my friend across the table for me. And I said, I need you to take a picture of me right now. He said, what? I said, just take a picture. I take it. I send it. My friend calls me back 10 minutes later. He said, you're in. I said, that's it. He goes, that yeah. It? He said, I, I went to the director's office. I put your photo on his desk. And I said, that guy's hundred percent Persian and he'll kick your butt. <laughs> that's it. And I was hired. So yeah, I, I I'm working on art and I didn't know until I got there what the show was about. You didn't know Ben Affleck. You didn't know Clooney. None of it. None of it. Not until I looked at the call sheet. Uh -huh. You know, I went to my fitting and I put the, again, I was just sort of 
casual about it. I didn't really put much thought into what we're doing. You know, I'm putting clothes on. Here's my wardrobe. But when I get to set, when I get to the location and we go to base camp and I go to change and I look at the call sheet, I'm like, wait a minute, Ben Affleck's the director? <laughs> he didn't even know. That's great. I didn't even know. <laughs> and then I'm putting on this wardrobe and then I'm I'm hearing these chants from the in, in the distance. And I don't speak fluent Farsi. I lost it. I, I learned it as a, as a young, young child. And we went to Iran for a while um in 1977 and i lost my english so when i came we came back to the states i only spoke farsi so i had to relearn english so we let farsi go so i lost it but i do retain quite a bit and i i have retained quite a bit and i i remember thinking to myself those chants are death to america oh death. so you were in the beginning of the movie yes oh okay yeah yeah, death to Carter. So I was part of the storming of the embassy. And there are a bunch of little action pieces. Again, there's so many people. We probably had three or 400. They did a massive cattle call in Los Angeles, which is where we shot this, um, for background. You know, So we had three or 400 extras that were yelling all these, all this stuff is crazy. So I was taking pictures of myself, taking pictures of the chants, you know, cause they had them written on, on big poster boards and sending them to my parents. And my parents were like, what are you doing? Get a job, son. <laughs> yeah, right, right. So, um, but that was a great experience because again, it was something that, you know, I felt really, even though I wasn't there, I wasn't there during the revolution physically, but, it's very much part of my heritage. So it was very unique, you know, it's a unique experience to, to be a part of. Um, again, but unbeknownst to me, no clue till the day I got there, you know, what we'd be doing that week, so. Okay, real quick, last question, yes or no. If your son comes to you or your daughter comes to you at age 20 and says, I'm gonna drop out and I wanna be a, a stunt, a stunt man, a stunt woman, stunt pro, you say yes or no? Well, the answer is already a yes, because I have two older children that are stunt performers. Okay. Well, I lost. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So, Freddie, I really appreciate all your time. This was fantastic. This is really interesting. Stay healthy and a very happy birthday to you. And best. Oh, of you. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Mac. I appreciate it. Okay. Thanks, Freddie.